Evolve into Power is a podcast and a mission to highlight Central Florida's community and business leaders in hopes of sharing the lessons they've learned with you all to help you evolve into power. In today's episode, Max and his wife, Dr. Alicia Clarcius, were joined by Joe Bowers, the co-founder and managing partner of Party Shack, a manufacturing company on the cutting edge of the hospitality industry and sports. Joe has spent much of his career in sports, starting as a coach at Oklahoma State under legendary coach Jimmy Johnson, and most recently, as we mentioned, with his new company, Party Shack. Joe has a unique perspective on the future of sports, hospitality, and a unique product, and we were lucky to have him on the show today to hear his insights. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Mr. Joe Bowers. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? Terrific. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. We truly appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. Terrific. So, Mr. Bowers, I just wanted to talk to you and see if we can go back to your history. We want to kind of hear about what you used to do prior to Party Shack up until how you got involved with Party Shack. Yeah, my background was in education, and I was a teacher and a coach. And I was fortunate uh, when I was a high school coach in upstate New York to meet Jimmy Johnson when he was the defensive coordinator at the University of Pittsburgh. And when Jimmy got his first coaching job at Oklahoma State University, he called me and invited me to be on his staff. So that was a great opportunity for me Absolutely. to coach in your college. Okay. Terrific. So how did you become involved with um, Party Shack, per se? How did you, I know that you're the president of Party Shack. Yeah, my, my oldest son um, got recruited and... Uh, he was the number four free safety in America 10 years ago. And uh, he went to the University of Oklahoma to play for Bob, Bob Stoops and Mike Stoops. And my middle son and I and my wife and family traveled for five years uh, to watch Brett play at his games in Norman, Oklahoma and, and throughout his conference. And we became pretty efficient uh, tailgaters uh, over a five-year <laughs> period of time. We bought three three RVs to keep up with the Joneses. And uh, from that experience, my middle son, uh, who's an engineer by trade, designed our current units and, and wanted us to be able to let uh, the average person have the opportunity to have a white glove turnkey tailgate experience and, and hence uh, party shack. That's, that's an amazing because uh, tailgating is huge, obviously, in this country. So what I'm hearing you say, and you can correct me, Mr. Bow, is that you, your son, saw an obvious need, right? Tailgating is going to continue whether Party Shack was there or not. And ultimately, you saw uh, to, to solve that need. Is that right? Yeah, we, we saw throughout uh, the sporting industry, uh, the concert industry, uh, the festival industry, um, where uh, venues kind of inside the gates, if you will, inside the arenas, inside the stadiums, had a great white glove turnkey opportunity, primarily through suites mm-hmm. uh, for businesses, local businesses, and and people that were you know avid uh, alumni and or avid uh, fans of that particular team, whether it was college or whether it was pro. And what we wanted to do was to create a, a similar venue, but out in the parking lot. Right. And, and we found out two things initially. We found out that all the teams were interested in elevating the fan experience. So they were willing to talk to us. That was number one. And number two, they wanted to create 
through their activation group or their concessionaire incremental revenue. And we were able to do that, especially by bringing in sponsors that wanted to sponsor our events and brand on our units. So that's how the that's how our whole uh, product offering and company evolved over the last three years. Wow. So tell me, well, tell the viewers how um, Party Shack, how did you guys come up with the name pretty much? And also what Party Shack is. Tell them, the listeners, exactly what... Um, you know, the, the, what a party shack does for those that don't know. The, the vision was to take a suite that's in a stadium and put it in the parking lot. And we basically took something similar to a pod um, that would be used for moving and storage. And, and we evaluated that industry. And we said, how could we do something similar with that pod in the hospitality industry, again, targeting the park at lots, parking lots and, you know, the racetracks and, um, you know, the concerts and so on and so forth. And so that's what we did. My son literally went to China for four months. Uh, he went all, all over China, uh, visiting plants and engineered our products. We made one unit, we brought it back and we tested it with the NFL and the NFL did a case study and loved it. And pretty much the rest was history from there. Um, we started fabricating units here in the U.S. And, uh, and, and expanded with public supermarkets as our major sponsor here in the Southeast at multiple venues, whether it's Major League Soccer, the NFL, college football, NASCAR, um, Live Nation, so on and so forth. So a party shack is catering. Uh, obviously, it's a specialty uh, in the suites. You know, uh, in the past, I've gone to games. You get in the suite. You have your food. Liquor is provided. Tell us exactly uh, um, what that experience is like. And is there anyone that asks for specific things uh, uh, that party shack is able to meet basically all needs? Or you say, this is what we bring. This is what we offer. And uh, you have to stay within that. Or is it specialized where whatever the client may or may not need, Party Shack can provide it? Perfect question. A good example um, is the village that we tested uh, in Jacksonville, Florida with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We put eight VIP suites in the middle of the parking lot in a grass area with trees that were lamp lit. We put a six-foot fence around a 315-foot by 45-foot area. We put eight VIP suites, and we uh, worked with public supermarkets. Basically, the way it works is four hours prior to the game, three or four hours prior to the game, people, businesses can, can lease and advance the units and or individuals can share the units, and you can come and tailgate prior to the game um, you can then go to the game and or stay and continue the tailgate in the parking lot for an additional four hours during the game. And then almost everybody comes back for the hour after the game as they wait for traffic to die down. So it becomes an all-day white glove turnkey experience. That's the example awesome. with the Jaguars is Publix does all the food and beverage. So they're the actual caterer. We work in the marketing side. Uh, with the Jaguars to market the event, to sell the tickets, and then we help activate the units so that they're all primed and ready to go during the event. So that's basically how it works. 
That's terrific. That's terrific. It's ta- again, you said it. It's taking the uh, the game, the experience to another level. You're a, you're, you're you're another VIP in a box uh, on, on the outside of the event, which is fantastic. Uh, what has been, uh, Mr. Bowers? I would say one of your biggest failures uh, in your endeavor starting this journey, and what have you learned uh, from from that failure uh, that helps you to keep pushing forward? Our biggest failure, uh, I'd call it an obstacle, and it's the same obstacle we're all um, looking at right now is COVID. Um, We had a great start uh, two and a half years ago, and up until, um, you you know, last uh, February or March, uh, we were going gangbusters with qualifying opportunities with other NFL teams, NASCAR, uh, like I said, festivals, concerts. So, uh, all we were trying to do was build our production and expand our production. And we were doing a good job at that. And then when COVID hit, we had to pivot. Um, we had to look at other opportunities for our units. And, um, and, and we've done that now. We're, we're pivoting to a smaller unit with a fewer fans, um, open air, and people like the PGA Tour and, and different events now want a smaller activation area, open air. Um, and that's what we're doing now. We're building what's called portal bars and portal lounges for that industry. So that was our, that was our biggest obstacle. I don't, I don't feel like we've made a lot of mistakes. We've been fortunate. We, we own all the intellectual property. We did all the structural engineering in advance. Um, so we protected ourselves and we build a really high quality unit. Um, I think, I think just the biggest disappointment was uh, COVID-19 and us having to pivot to redesign and come up with a smaller unit that's an open-air unit that's easy to transport, easy to set up, and easy to activate. Absolutely. Okay, Mr. Bauer. So tell us too, I know that you just spoke about COVID-19. How has Party Shack helped the individuals that um, have been plagued with COVID-19 or the, the businesses or the companies that needed your services? How has Party Shack helped with that? Well, um, with COVID, it's, it's been pretty devastating for the hospitality industry, as you well know. So um, we knew that if we just did status quo, that, you know, we'd be on the bench and, and waiting to see, you know, what's on the other side of the, uh, of the curtain, if you will. We took the position to be aggressive, uh, to pivot, and to listen to what the hospitality industry was requesting. And right. we wanted to be proactive. So, again, what we found out was the industry uh, didn't want to have uh, activation areas with large number of people, obvious, obviously close they wanted areas where there was social distancing and they wanted clean surfaces and the ability to clean the unit. So we totally redesigned a small unit. That's an eight by eight by eight cube. Six of them go on a flatbed truck. They're easy to ship. They're easy to transport. They're easy to set up and they open up into a 24 by 16 fan activation area. That's open air. And that appears to be what the industry wants um, right now, uh, you know, as we go through this whole COVID situation. And so um, we had to 
complement our manufacturing, uh, expand our manufacturing for that product line. And that's what we're gearing up for now uh, for the spring and for the summer. And it, it appears to be, it, it's, it's similar to an open air tent, if you will, but I think it's a little bit more upscale and it's a lot, a lot easier to set up and it's a lot more portable. Um, and it even includes furniture. So um, that's, that's what COVID created for us. It's actually turned out to be a good opportunity for us. And that's what we're putting most of our resources and our activity in right now. And you, you mentioned how it is, uh, you mentioned the need to pivot a couple of times. Uh, talk to the entrepreneur right now who's doing something. Obviously, because of COVID, uh, 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 this, it spoke to you. Hey, you need to make a quick change. You need to adjust because of this or else. And you were able to heed that warning and, and, and you're making the change. Talk to the entrepreneur right now or to the listener right now how important it is to remain to be flexible mm-hmm. for you to be able to see when it's time to pivot. Great question. My, my feeling is that a lot of companies um, with people working at home um, in my communications have been waiting to see what I call what's on the other side of the curtain. Mm-hmm. And my, I had a problem with that because if my company waits until we see what's going to be on the other side of the curtain, it's going to be too late. The, the companies that are aggressive right now and, and they're taking the position, they're continuing to work hard, be innovative, be creative. They're the ones that are going to be there uh, when the time comes, when things open back up and they're, and they'll already be positioned. And that was the key with our company was we wanted to maintain our aggressiveness. We wanted to maintain our flexibility and we wanted to be the answer when the time comes and be part of the solution versus waiting to see what the solution was and then try to react after the fact. My personal opinion is companies that wait until they see a clearer picture as to what is going to happen. It's, it's going to be too late that you're not going to have the time to react, respond and, and, and be available, if you will. So we've been very aggressive, and that's why I use the word pivot. We've tried to be very flexible, and we've tried to be part of the solution, and we, we think we are going to be based on the communications that we have right now. Our, it's never slowed down for us during, during corona. It's actually gotten busier for us because that's of that definitely. mentality. I can see why. You know, and, and having these facilities or these pods for medical individuals is, is actually, you know, terrific. Because I see that you guys, too, you sanitize them or that you're able to easily sanitize these systems, you know, for the healthcare workers that are um, dealing with COVID-19. And um, also even for the um, entrepreneur that the food and beverage industry, this is that you, you guys are easily able to clean these pods for them. Correct. So that they can reuse them over and over. Uh, correct. And uh, the big the reason why our units are so attractive to almost any industry is the size of them. They're small, uh, they're easy to transport, they're affordable to transport, and they're easy to set up. Where traditionally, for big events like a golf tournament, it would take, it would take months to uh, engineer the tents, if you will, the scaffolding, months to install the units on a golf course. So as a result, a a major golf course would be closed for a period of time. Um, where 
our units, you can, you can literally be the last one in to set them up and you can be the first one out when <laughs> they're as, that's portable. They're easy to forklift. They're, they're adjustable legs on them. Uh, they lock, they open up, they have furniture, they have everything that you need inside of their hard surfaces. They're porous. They're easy to clean. So, um, and then on top of that, they're great to brand. Um, and the signage on them is, is very appealing with our marquee signs. So, um, you, you know, we're, we're very excited about uh, the product that we have, our porta bars and our portal lounges, and that's going to be our primary uh, product offering uh, for this next year. Um, and uh, we think it's a great solution for the industry and a great alternative to open-air tents. Tell us about tell us about some of the experiences that after someone has uh, uh, used the tent specifically for a gaming industry because you're already high you're ready to go see the football game you're you're ready to see whatever gaming event is tell us about the experience that the, the users are are, are, are are and the feedback the users are giving to you uh, concerning your pods. It, it's the same every single time, irrespective of the hospitality industry, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's golf, whether it's football, college or pro, uh, we get the same response every time. Um, if you, if you consider tents and an open air tent, if you could visualize that, uh, as your tailgate venue prior to party shack, it's open air. When you're, you're, you're open to the, uh, to, to, to weather, if you will. So if you've got wind, it's an issue. If you've got rain, it's an issue. If you've got heat, if you've got cold. And so our original party shacks, uh, you know, are air conditioned. They have heaters inside. They have flat screen TVs. They have phone wow. chargers. They have wine and beer coolers inside, granite. So the, the, the response from day one was females um, loved our units because they got out of the elements um, they could Absolutely. get to the game early. They could enjoy it. I and, can see that. And, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. So most of the, it was kind of like being in an RV, if you will. Or, or a tiny or house. An RV. Yeah. Prior to the game or a tiny house. Exactly. So, so we kind of won over the female tailgater and, and prior to our units, um, our, our feeling was that the, the, the females uh, were the ones that were, uh, not willing or unwilling or reluctant to tailgate because of all the reasons that I just brought up. So we immediately, and even in our case study with the NFL, um, the females loved it, even to a point on our case study where they said, can you include a, a high-end um, restroom, if you will, uh, kind of <laughs> like you'd see at the PGA Tour at a golf <laughs> tournament, because we don't want to walk out into the parking lot and use one of those green stalls, if you will. Right. And mm -hmm. that was the kind of feedback that we got. And, and that, if you could visualize in a fenced-in environment with our units that's private, um, that costs a little bit more than your average tailgate, um, that is white glove, turnkey, uh, really good food, uh, wine and beer, uh, alcohol included, um, and you could bring your kids, um, and we bring the 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 band core, if you will, um, from the Jaguars and other events into the event. So it becomes, it becomes a, what we call a white glove turnkey experience. And, uh, it's been well received, uh, irrespective of the industry and irrespective of where we operate. Um, 
it's it's a it's again taking that skybox, pulling it out of the stadium, and put it in into the parking lot. You got me excited. I'm ready to go to an event right now. <laughs> right, I need a turnkey pod. That now that for females, that's that's a really good concept. So, kind of tell us: is, is there a certain amount of pods that people have to rent, or kind of give us the average price, you know, of, of the pods? Yeah, um, we we um, we build these units, so. Uh, our whole focus is on building a high quality unit that has a lot of features and benefits that, um, you, you know, that the average consumer will enjoy. Um, I told you that, that how the females really like it because of the air conditioning on the inside and all the right. other amenities, but the kids also like it too, because we have games outside and we have all kinds of activities and the kids, uh, under a certain age group get in free. Um, we've kind of kept the price, on the higher end, similar to a skybox sure. for the simple reason um, that we wanted it to be uh, extremely professional. We wanted it to be high end, white glove, turnkey, and, uh, and have the appropriate amenities. So, so again, our, our whole thrust was initially, let's, let's yank the skybox out of the stadium, let's put it in the parking lot, and let's offer the same amenities and similar pricing. And uh, I would have told you initially that I would have thought the people that would go to your local supermarket and buy a styrofoam uh, cooler and ice and beer and take a couple days to cook their food and tailgate out of the back of the truck would have been the people that would have been intrigued. My son said no all along. It was going to be the higher end businesses that wanted to bring their clients, you know, bring their relatives, bring their family and, and wanted the same experience they get inside the stadium outside. And my son was exactly right. Um, that's, that's, that's the audience that we target. And that's, that's the fantastic. audience that, that really enjoys the, the, the party. I, I will add, we just had a tailgate last week, uh, for Florida, Georgia and in Jacksonville, Florida, Georgia, as you well know, is the largest outdoor cocktail party in the world. And it was affected uh, significantly by COVID to the mm-hmm. to the point where the city mandates were to close all the parking lots and not have any tailgating. We've had three years with the Georgia and Florida Bulldog Club, the Bulldog Club, and the Florida Gators, and uh, so we were one of the few private tailgates um, um, that we activated. And what we basically did was, rather than be in ten parking spots with four hundred people, we expanded to forty five parking spots with four hundred people. And we spread everything out and we made it like a park environment. And uh, it was an awesome tailgate uh, last week. And it it was really great to get back to having the opportunity to tailgate due to COVID. Absolutely. And and again, it's, it's that experience. Uh, 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 You know, not everybody's going to go out and buy an amazing boat, a 50 foot boat. It's those that are looking for a catered, uh, specialized experience. Um, Tell us a little bit about three people, Mr. Bowers, that has been very uh, uh, inspirational to you and that has helped you on your trajectory to where you currently are right now. Um, My son for the vision, first of all, um, uh, my son, Bobby, who's a partner, he he really is the pioneer that created the whole concept and had the vision. And and, uh, he's a millennial, um, young, single, um, and and he speaks uh, your all's language and, and the young folks language out there. I'm kind of the dinosaur 
but I'm a good old boy, you know. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm I'm an old school salesman, if you will. I'm big on relationships. I'm big on delivering. But I would say my son first uh, for the vision. I would say those sponsors that have supported us through COVID, uh, thick or thin, um, like public supermarkets here in the southeast. Um, you know, you know, we're, we're very appreciative of their uh, assistance. Uh, and their contribution and, and them staying steadfast with us. So I would mention them. And then, and then I just gotta, I gotta use the word opportunity. Uh, I'm going to just, it's not an individual, it's not tangible, but ever since we did this, there's been tremendous opportunity. And that's what drives us is we continue to see the opportunity. Anytime there's a big roadblock like COVID or just a bump in the road, there's so much opportunity with our product line and the marketplace is so big. Um, I'm just waiting for everything to open back up. So uh, once everything open back opens back up, you know we'll be able to sell all our products again and activate and work with all our clients. But uh, I'm indebted to my son. I'm 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 indebted to the sponsors and the people that get it that have participated with us from day one. And then I I'm I'm very motivated by the continued opportunity with our products because it's differentiated. Uh, there's nothing like it and it works. So, uh, opportunities, one of my major primary words that I always throw out, it's been, it's been a great opportunity. That's fantastic. What obstacles did you encounter while creating the business and kind of tell us about those challenges and how you overcame them? The biggest challenge in any small business starting up is your initial two years uh, so initially it was, this concept's a great concept. We wanted to protect it. So we did a really, really good job uh, in all our structural engineerings um, by including, we paid, we paid a lot of money for engineers up front, uh, make, made sure we were going to make these right, made sure they were portable, made sure they were cost effective, and uh, make sure they had structural integrity um, so we wouldn't have any issues. So we spent a lot of money. On the engineering initially, we spent a lot of money on the intellectual property uh, to patent, you, you know, our, our whole process and our patents were just awarded and we're on our second group of patents right now. Terrific. Um, Congratulations. So, yeah. So that, that was a little bit of an obstacle. What's always an obstacle. Uh, and I gotta, I gotta reach out to small business is, is growing that business, getting through that first two years and, and, and getting out there and finding people that will financially uh, assist you, um, you know, with opportunity comes more opportunity and, and everybody thinks, well, if you got a lot of opportunity, it's easy. It, it isn't because you have to finance the growth of the company. So the sure. biggest right. obstacle I've seen on an ongoing basis is uh, banks aren't traditional anymore. They don't, they don't operate the, the way they used to. So getting, getting people to uh, support you, believe in you, and uh, assist you with the financing. That's an ongoing chore, and sure. we're going through it right now. Um, and it, and it hasn't let up with our growth. So that that I think is the biggest obstacle and the the biggest daily, um, you, you know, uh, uh, again obstacle that that we've got is is getting the bank financing and keeping up with the orders. Right. So. Right. 
Tata Entrepreneurs, you kind of went over a little timeline of how long it took you guys to get everything, you know, up and going, but kind of really dive in and tell them how long it took you to get the business up and going from start to finish and how they shouldn't give up even with the challenges and obstacles that, you know, they may face with starting their own business. How long did it take you guys to really get to where you want to be right now? Um, we're still working at it. Uh, if you're, if you're a true entrepreneur, which I am and my family is, and my son is, it just comes natural. So right. most entrepreneurs, you, you know, have already been there, done that. But I, I would tell people that are, are looking right now for other opportunities and they might go out on their own for their first time or have to change a job. I, I would just, my background in coachings, you, you know, I'm, I'm just bred the right way that, you know, I get knocked down, I get back up. I don't, I don't take no for an answer. So it's kind of inherent in most entrepreneurs. If you're a, if you're a first time entrepreneur and you're going to step out there, I, I would just tell you, keep your head up, you know, see the vision and on the horizon and just commit yourself that you're going to get there irrespective of what it takes. There's going to be a huge amount of obstacles. So I wouldn't recommend that you become an entrepreneur overnight if you're not willing to fight each one of those obstacles individually and collectively. It's going to be a hard row. Um, but most entrepreneurs are used to, you know, the challenge and are used to the obstacles and it becomes a way of life and it becomes a way of how you think and, and, and how you direct your people and how you focus on your goals. So I think, I think entrepreneurs are, you know, it's kind of your bread if you, to be an entrepreneur uh, you, you've got that mentality, never say no, and, and you're going to accomplish whatever it is your dream is to accomplish. If you're, if you're attempting it right now for the first time, you, you just got you, you to stay focused and see what's on the horizon. And you just got to get up every day and work harder than the next person, and work harder and smarter than your competition and believe in what you do and, 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 and just keep doing it on a daily basis. That's terrific. For me, it's... Um I enjoyed the hunt. I actually just enjoyed the hunt. Um, you know, waking up and uh, killing what I, I have to eat. I, I just absolutely love that. Uh, Mr. Bowers, what do you think your unique skill set is? I know that you said you were a coach. Obviously, you, you have a tough mindset. Uh, you, you have a go-getter, keep pushing drive. attitude. What, mm -hmm. Absolutely drive. What do you think your unique skill set is, if you were to define it in one word, that helped you become successful? Optimistic. Absolutely. Um, Always looking for the positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you can't you, you can't let the negative get you down. I've, I've been fortunate. I worked with Jimmy, and I worked in my in my career with two other people, much like Jimmy Johnson, and and the guy was awesome. And uh, he he had this favorite saying. I hope I don't offend anybody. Um, but, but he had this favorite saying, and it made sense when you pick it apart. And he'd always say, I don't want to hear the labor pains. I want to see the pretty baby. Mm. And so you never, like you never could complain. You always had to have the vision. You always right. had to see the vision. And you, always, you couldn't sit and bellyache. You couldn't sit and complain. And you couldn't sit and point fingers. The coaching profession especially in college and NFL football, there's nothing like it. You're only as good as your last game. Yes. Every, every alumni, 
Um, every everybody in the university or in the community, if it's in the NFL, are pointing their finger. They're all experts, and you're only as good as your last game. I don't know any other profession where you get evaluated on a week-to-week or a day-to-day basis <laughs> like you do. The pressure's on. So, so with that experience and having that experience, I'm naturally a fighter. I'm, I'm naturally uh, optimistic, and, and I, try to, I try to encourage that in my family, and I try to encourage that in my business as well. That's terrific. That's terrific. What's one thing that you wish you could tell your 18-year-old self if you can turn back the hands of time? Um, if I were to, if I were to turn back the hands of time, um, again, I would be in positive. Um, um, I'm kind of, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of old school. So the golden rule, I would tell an 18 year old, just treat people the way you would want them to treat you. Um, I think that would be, I think that would be probably the number one thing that I would say to anybody young these days. It's tough. It's real tough these days. And I, I would just tell them to be optimistic. I would tell them to have goals and objectives. I would tell them to keep their chin up, keep their head up. And I, I just tell them, uh, you know, I tell, I tell my kids and I tell our employees, just like Jimmy told us, we don't, I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't want to hear the negative. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hear the problems. I want to hear the solutions. And that's what I would tell somebody that's young try to be the person that's always having the solutions versus the person that is always being negative or is always complaining. So that's fantastic. Optimism and be positive. Yes. In light of what the party shack has accomplished so far, I know that some of the challenges are still there and they're going to be there five, 10 years from today. Either way, they're going to be different challenges, but challenges nonetheless. In light of what you guys have accomplished thus far, Tell us where you see Party Shack in five years and potentially 10 years from today. I got to be a little careful because, again, uh, um, I'm, I'm the dinosaur of the company and I'm the oldest in the company. Um, so I'd kind of answer that, uh, whereas everybody else is in their early to mid 30s and they're all millennials and think differently than I do. So I'm going to answer it selfishly first. And that um, <laughs> I see. I see our product being extremely unique. I see our product uh, having a great benefit for the fans that uh, use our activations. Absolutely. So it's, it's different and it, and it, and it works if you will. So, so I see the business uh, being acquired uh, in the, in the next 24 to 36 months That's by fantastic. larger companies that have the finances to to grow the business overnight, to expand the business because of their financial resources. Sure. That's, that's what I think. Um, sure. But that's not necessarily what my son or, or the people <laughs> that work with the company. <laughs> my sure. But I think, I think it's inevitable. It's, uh, there's just too many people that, that are out there watching us. There's too many people that are intrigued with what we're doing. Just, just the type of calls we have every day. I mean, we're talking, we're talking with NFL teams, NFL executives. We're talking with major college, you know, athletic directors. We're, we're talking with, you know, major concession companies that are huge that you own with the likes of, you know, Jerry Jones, um, you know, that have years of experience. Uh, we're talking to, you know, the WWE, 
which we never thought would be talking to all kinds of companies mm-hmm. every single day that recognize that we have a product that works and they want to be a part of it. And so I personally think when things get back to back to almost normal, I think, uh, I think we're going to, I'm always telling our guys, we're going to get a phone call. The phone call is going to, going to come. So be prepared for it. So, you know, um, I wish I could be a fly on the wall when you, and your son and these other millennials are talking about <laughs> the, the future of the company. I think that would be very exciting. Yeah, I, I think we're ripe for an acquisition or a merger, and, and that, that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, again, I'm not I'm, – I, I think they want to be in it more for the longer haul, and I get that too. Um, so, you know, maybe the dinosaur retires and I'm going to Ah, <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Oh, Mr. Bowers, tell our listeners and our viewers where they can find the Party Shack and how they can book the Party Shack. And connect with you. And can, right, and connect with you. Um, we do a lot on LinkedIn, and and uh, our website is www.partyshackusa.com. So that's www.partyshackusa.com. Um, I don't find a lot of people giving out their emails, but I don't mind because I, I answer, I have 20, 22,000 people on LinkedIn and it doesn't matter who, who sends me a, an email, I respond to them. So if anybody wants to ask me anything personally, uh, Joe at partyshackusa.com feel free to send me an email and I'll be happy to respond to you. Um, but that's the best way to contact us vis-a-vis our website, uh, my email address. And then, um, you know, I'd be happy to give a phone number out if somebody emails me and says they'd like to visit and gives me an explanation. I, I'm, I'm quick to send my phone number and have a, have a conversation with them and qualify the opportunity. And we'll definitely connect everything you said here uh, in the show notes so that uh, the listener out there, someone who wants to connect with you, uh, has direct access. Mr. Bowers, is there anything else on your chest before, you know, we uh, we end here today that you would like to share? That's something, just a burning desire or maybe a piece of advice, just one last piece of advice you'd like to leave with either us or the listeners. Yeah, I... I always end this way since COVID and and it's a shout out to small business uh, and, and get people to think about as you drive down the street and you see how COVID has affected small business. Um, I shout out to people to make sure you take every opportunity to support your local restaurant, your local bar, Absolutely. your local florist, all those people who, who have, literally been shut down and affected uh, by the pandemic. And I also mentioned big business because there's a lot of big businesses that have done very, very well uh, throughout COVID. And, and I just reach out to them as well and, and make sure that big business is also looking out for small business because without right. small business, there wouldn't be any big business. Absolutely. So uh, I, I kind of, I've kind of, being the dinosaur and being older in the company, I've been a little critical of big business, uh, counting the dollars and, and, and the benefits from COVID and then not, not reaching out and, 
and uh, and trying to assist small business as they limp along through COVID. So that's that's my message: support small business. If you're big business and you're out there, work a little harder and a little smarter to help small business as well. Don't ignore them, and we'll all get through it. And uh, I, I look forward to having more opportunities to visit with you. And uh, we're proud of our products. So if anybody ever has an opportunity to go to an event that has a party shack. Um, feel free to reach out to me personally and tell me how you enjoyed the experience. But uh, we're proud of our company. We're proud of our growth. Uh, we're proud of our employees and we're, we're proud of our products. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you all and look forward to a subsequent opportunity. Absolutely. We definitely want to connect with you again uh, post-COVID just so we can uh, kind of catch up with you, how things have changed. And we wish you, your sons uh, and, and Party Shack, many, many years of success. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity and appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, podcast fans. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Evolving to Power. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to get updates for future episodes. We'll see you next time.